Hey everybody, welcome to the Sour Mash Podcast. I am your ambassador of Whiskey and Walking Tours, Dylan Miles. Moonshine and marketing, Danielle Hunefeld. I'm Andy Hunefeld with Bourbon and Business. And we are Sour Mash Tours, Louisville's only guided walking bourbon tasting tour. You can find us online at SourMashTours.com or on all the social media outlets at Sour Mash Tours. Yeah, and so uh, basically what we do here on the podcast is we... Uh, Talk a little bit about uh, the things that we're into right now, some any events, any uh, particular bourbons, anything like that. Uh, and while we do that, we figure it wouldn't be right for us being a, a bourbon company and talking about uh, spirits to not be uh, a drinking along uh, as we talk. So, uh, Andy, you want to tell them what we have with us today? So we have a very distinct theme with our, our spirits of choice today. Um, Dylan and I, as we speak, are sipping on Colonel E.H. Taylor's Small Batch Bourbon, mm -hmm. uh, of course, bottled and bond from the Buffalo Trace Distillery. And Danielle? I am sipping on something very exciting. I'm sipping on some Castle and Key Gin. Um, we just visited the Castle and Key Distillery last week. Uh, it was awesome, and we got our hands on a bottle of that Restoration Gin. Um, so I'm having a gin and tonic uh, with some Castle and Key Gin some Butchertown uh, tonic from Copper and King's Distillery, and a few basil leaves from the garden. We didn't have any lime today, so we had to improvise a little bit. And we I did. think it turned out beautifully. It's great. Yeah, so Andy, you want to tell them all about that, that theme you're talking about? How do these things kind of connect? Right, so as Danielle mentioned, last Friday, Danielle and I, Dylan had to miss out on this with his, his day job. Wah, so that and wah. for great oh, reason, right. also going out of town. Right, you were heading so out we'll, of town. But we'll get to that later. So we took the trip across I-64 to the Castle and Key Distillery. Um, just an unbelievable experience there. They're currently, uh, at least through the end of May, they were running... An experience called the Restoration Experience? Yeah, the Restoration Experience is no longer available, but lucky for us, we got in uh, to check out the distillery before it actually opens to the public this fall. Um, so they still are under construction, but I have to say that it looks amazing. Uh, they have done so much work on this distillery. Um, it was once run down, uh, abandoned, and now they're bringing it back to its former glory, maybe even better than its former glory. Yeah, so you'll go on the tour. I think they're starting them back up in the fall, but they're going to give you a, a heavy dose of very colorful history about this distillery, and it's just a beautiful place. Uh, the reason we're drinking Colonel E.H. Taylor is because this used to be the old Taylor distillery that Edmund Haynes Taylor Jr. started back in the late 1800s. E.H. kind of rolls off the tongue a little bit. I would say though. so. I yeah. understand why they called him E.H. So E.H. Taylor is an interesting fellow, a fancy lad, if you will. <laughs> He's the descendant of two presidents, yeah. Zachary Taylor and James Madison. He was the mayor of Frankfurt for 16 years hmm. um, and went on through the Kentucky state government, had a lot of influence, but really loved his bourbon and frankly really liked to show off. And the entire theme basically of that distillery, it's built like a castle, um, hence the name Castle and Key. But he wanted that to essentially be the first bourbon tourism destination. They had a, a train track that ran directly to the distillery, complete with its own train station, and he wanted to, to show people how to make whiskey and really show off the ground. So there's a lot of great design elements, just kind of really over the top um, gardens, things like that. So that was what it was originally in 1972. It had changed hands a few times. It was owned by Jim Beam. 
they essentially abandoned it and for 40 years it got no love at all it was reclaimed by nature uh, we got a great tour from their uh, brand ambassador he referred to one area as the snake pit and he said that that was not a euphemism there were actually a lot of snakes that had overrun that that uh, rose garden yeah they had to use a machete to get there it was so overrun if you saw it today you would not believe that it was ever in that state it is gorgeous and I don't want to give too much away because I think you guys need to visit in the fall when it opens but it is probably the most beautiful distillery that I've visited yeah I think it's it's my favorite distillery experience and what kind of adds to that um, after they finally got a buyer they finally got some investors to come in and commit to revitalizing this property they brought over Marianne Eves Yep. Barnes was Barnes at Barnes at the time um, from Brown Foreman. She was a rising star. She was probably well on her way to at some point being the master distiller at Brown Foreman. Yeah. She took a chance, came over to Castle and Key, and and they're doing things right there as far as making whiskey. Not that other distilleries aren't, but they're doing everything they can to make sure that once their product, once their bourbon finally rolls out here in a few years, it's going to be very high quality. And there, yeah, and Marion's actually, she's the first female master distiller since Prohibition. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that's a huge, huge thing for oh, the, you know, not just for, huge. you know, not just for this area, but for bourbon in general. So And for women. Yeah. And, and I think women. that's amazing. So, now you can get your hands on their gin and vodka if you can make it to the distillery. Um, we're drinking, or I'm drinking today, their London Dry Gin. Another very cool thing was on their tour, they showed us that, they had a ton of botanicals just uh, growing around uh, the distillery and on campus. So they're using ginger, rosemary, lemon ver verbena, um, juniper, things that they're finding actually at the distillery that they found growing wild. Um, just found some ginger, like no big deal, just growing. Um, so they've, they've used this. And the mash bill is great because um, if you read it here, it's 17% yellow corn, 63% rye, and 20% malted barley. They're using the same mash bill in this gin. As, as their rye. As their rye. That's, that's going to come um, out once it's of age. So it's very, and it's very good. Um, we're not just saying that. It's really good. It's herbal, but it's not too herbal. Um, I really like it a lot. I love gin, though. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm drinking it right now out of a big wine glass, which <laughs> in the spirit of Castle and Key, that's what they served it to us in. Uh, which was very cool. I think I'm, is, I'm never going to make a gin and tonic not never in again. a big wine glass. And yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's, a it's a lot, and it looks super fancy. It doesn't which, it? I mean, based on what I you can probably what hear yeah. the in our new microphone. You could probably hear the. That's true. We've covered our microphone around. problems after the microphone saga. But uh, no, I mean, that, look, that's a very fancy looking cocktail, which, I mean, based on everything that you all have told me about E.H. Taylor, kind of goes into, like, what this dude was all about. Totally true. Uh, and he was pretty interesting, too. Like, uh, he was one of the, the pioneers behind uh, Bottled and Bond, right? Bottled and Bond. Um, he, basically, we've always talked, and it's true to a certain extent, about the Bottled and Bond Act as being for consumer protection. And at the time, you didn't really know what you were getting in your whiskey bottle. There could be tobacco spit in there, acid. Um, formaldehyde, all kinds of nasty shit, but E.H. Taylor got tired of people shying away from whiskey because they didn't know what they were drinking and especially shying away from his whiskey, which he took a lot of pride in. So with his uh, political standing and his resources, he really helped push through the Bottled and Bond Act, which um, you still see a lot of Bottled and Bond bourbons on the shelf today, but at the time it was really necessary to push the industry along. It gave the distilleries essentially a tax break, uh, gave government oversight to these uh, warehouses, 
and really standardized the, the whiskey making process. So he blazed the trail that uh, we still benefit from today. And yeah. bottled and bond is really kind of like catching fire as being like one of the, the, the hip new ways to bring out new products. Right. Um, although it doesn't really fall under the same standards that it really needs to anymore, you know, having the tax stamp on there and everything, it almost like the products that do have the tax stamp, it almost looks like uh, kind of a marketing. Yeah, it stands it. out. But it was, I mean, but it was very important uh, because people were doing everything that they could to, to water down product and it was really, uh, for lack of a better term, pissing off distillers. So uh, yeah, that's how they took care of it. Well, and I think that especially for, for new brands, like on our last podcast, we drank the um, Wilderness Trail that came out, their first bourbon was a bottled and bond, and it's a way to say, you know, this is bottled and bond, so you know that we made it, we bottled it, we distilled it, we aged it, um, and it's not a source product. So it's it's a good good label to put on your, on your brand, especially for a new rollout. So one thing that I, I wanted to talk about today, and this is in the spirit of, of the Castle and Key Distillery. I want, but can I just say, like, I really love the fact that we, like, use the term spirit and then, like, don't use it in, like, a pun, like, a punny no, way. No, it's, like, it's, it's <laughs> like we totally serious. we legitimately just say, like, yeah. in the spirit of this, we're like, bourbon podcast, ha, 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 spirit. <laughs> See what we're doing there? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes Dylan and I will be running a tour and I'll say in the spirit of something and no pun, literally no pun intended, <laughs> not like haha, no pun intended. And Dylan will stop me in my tracks and make sure that everybody knows just that, that I just said spirit. Did it's you guys just, hear that perfect. pun? Yeah. <laughs> so the one thing that you're seeing a lot of new distilleries do is kind of harken back to the old way of whiskey making or whiskey aging, I should say. And that is using a lower barrel entry proof. So I didn't really know exactly why that was something that was sought after until fairly recently. So a little bit of history. Before 1962, the maximum barrel entry proof for bourbon was 110. In 1962, they raised that maximum percentage to 125. And the vast majority of distilleries gradually moved up to that 125. Basically, the more alcohol you can cram into the barrel, the fewer barrels you need, you bring it out, you can water it down to proof and essentially get more bottles of bourbon out of fewer barrels. It's a, a great way for large-scale distilleries to get more bang for their buck. Um, but a, a lot of purists and anybody that's tasted anything dated before 1962 and lower barrel entry was the, the standard, um, you get a better flavor. Do you guys know the reason why you get a better flavor from lower entry proof? Tell us, Andrew. So... The reason has to do with adding the water and proofing it down before you get into the barrel. A lot of the sugars and things like that that's in the wood and the oak that gives bourbon such a good flavor isn't necessarily brought out by alcohol. It's more dissolvable in water. So the more water you have in there, the more of those flavors you get in, and theoretically, the faster your product is gonna age. So whether it's Peerless, Castle and Key, a lot of new distilleries are lowering the barrel entry proof. Michter's, actually, believe it or not, contract distilling, um, they've got the lowest barrel entry proof in the game at 103. Uh, Maker's Mark, interestingly enough, is the only major brand that was around in 1962 that is sticking to that 110 entry proof. So this has been Andy's Bourbon Nerd Out Corner. 
TM. <laughs> um, and now it. you just yeah you just witnessed our first segment. Yeah. I think in uh, in Sour Mash podcast history. So but, yeah, another another quick just blurb for for the distillery for Castle and Key. So they open in the fall for tours. You guys should go take a tour. It is gorgeous. But another uh, really interesting thing that I think that they're doing that sets them apart a little bit. And don't get me wrong, the other distilleries are great, and I love to go get a tasting. But not only can you get a tasting at the distillery, but let's say that you've been on a tour, maybe you haven't, and you just want to go and hang out and try some of their products, you will be uh, in the fall, I believe, able to try some uh, cocktails uh, without taking a tour. Um, they're going to have, they have a great bar and they're going to have a really great cocktail program. Um, in addition to that, I think next year, uh, in 2019, you're going to be able to get even like some like snacks and light bites. I have to throw that out there because I think it's such a cool thing. Well, your favorite thing in the world is going to be available there. Snacks? Sh- meat and cheese plate. Meat and cheese plate. <laughs> charcuterie. Charcuterie. There is Danielle's nothing. the charcuterie there is, queen. <laughs> there is nothing better than a good meat and cheese plate. And this is for another podcast. I'm going to talk. All, I'll, I'll talk all about how to put one together. But <laughs> honestly, there's nothing better than that and a good cocktail, especially after a long week of work, mm-hmm. a long week of wrangling these guys in for sour mash tours you just need a charcuterie cheese and charcuterie board and a cocktail but i think it's awesome that they're offering that because you know it's very much like i think a new wave of um bourbon distilleries i think yeah. it's um i think it's very cool to offer that well, to people because like, it's an it experience it has to be an experience you and know people people want to be like wine and dine it's not just like the old days where you go through like a distillery that's been there since the Sure. Like 50s and it's dirty and all this stuff. And it's cool to like get behind that history and see everything. Yeah. But like these new distilleries literally are designed to entertain just as much as they're designed to make product, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So I think it's a great way, especially if they're going to be busy when they open to the public, which I assume they will be. Um, it's a great way to bring people in and still give them a little bit of an experience without maybe taking the full tour. So mm-hmm. I just had to plug that a little bit. Castle and Key Distillery, very cool. Keep your all's eyes open for uh, the fall opening. Absolutely. So Dylan was unable to come on the tour. Why were you unable to come to Castle and Key with us, Dylan? Well, I mean, you made it all made it sound like it was my old day job. And That's why I, mean, I, that, I forgot. It. Well, I mean, was well, kind of in Andy's defense, that that <laughs> happens a lot to all of us. Uh, whenever you guys did your barrel gig. pick with Taj, mm-hmm. I couldn't come because yeah. of my day job. Nothing wrong with that. I love my day job, but. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't come because of that. So it happens. It does. But yeah, we're, not, we're not doing this full time yet. Yeah. But it wasn't my day job. It was the fact that I was on my way up to Chicago. Um, so uh, Kate and I, I decided to go see her uh, her friend that lives up there and her boyfriend. And um, for Memorial Day, just wanted to go and spend the time. And then um, she surprised me with, uh, with tickets to Hamilton. Um, yes, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge Hamilton nerd, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, please, if you find a way to listen to this, like, we'd love to have you on the show. I'm sure he's 20, uh, 25% of our fan base. He's definitely. totally listening, totally. <laughs> so when this, when this comes out, I'm, I'm definitely going to tweet at him and say, hey, uh, check out the Sour Mash podcast, I'll give hey, you a shout I out. Hey, I love you. <laughs> I love you, please be my friend. Be my friend. Um, yeah, so we went up to Chicago, um, we saw Hamilton, I was sitting behind, like, a, like a pole, Right up to the, to the theater, but it was fine. It was like the, the best musical that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, hands down, I was, you can ask Kate, I was sitting there like sobbing. I'm not afraid to admit that I'm a man who, who, who cries. 
healthy. So it's just a, it's just it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, well, you know, um, not yeah. to mention, you've been listening to the Hamilton soundtrack for quite some time now, <laughs> even before you saw this show. Unfortunately, people notice when they get in my car, like, instead of listening to, like, yeah. cool some cool tunes to hang out, like, I'm listening to an entire Broadway score. Right. Instead Nothing of, like, wrong with that, um, but it, I kind of, I think it just shows that you're... You're a fan. It's dedicated. You're dedicated. Dedicated. So are you a, are you a musical it. guy? Like, do you go to other musicals? I like musicals, yeah. Like, I mean, let's see. I, so I like musicals. So so Kate and I went to the opera um, back in the fall. And the original so, musicals. The original yeah. musicals. What I've learned is I'm not an opera guy. Yeah? <laughs> not an opera guy. Totally. Like, I like musicals. I like the, like, a little bit more contemporary. Did you wear a tuxedo to the opera? Did not wear a tuxedo That's why you didn't enjoy I it. I did wear a sport coat. Okay. <laughs> I think if you would have worn a tuxedo, it would have changed, changed it completely. But, uh, with, but no. a, with an opera hat and a <laughs> monocle, maybe? We were too close for uh, for the glasses. Okay. There, there was a lady that was sitting behind us. Literally, we were no. probably, we were we were six rows deep, and she had the glasses. I love the dedication. They're, they're called yeah. opera glasses, right? Yeah, opera yeah. glasses, I think. She I don't wants know. to see, like, in HD, you know what I'm saying? Like, she wants to see the pores. She wants the to see their pores actors. and how their, their mouths so, move. Right. Yeah. You were telling me the other night, I was, I asked Dylan, you know, since you are already familiar with all the music, which is basically the entire plot, dialogue, and soundtrack of the of the play. Almost no dialogue at all. Yeah. Did that adversely impact your viewing? No. And what, what I told Andy was <laughs> that in my mind, I had like I had an idea of what I thought everything looked like. So I was like, all right, this is the movements they were going to make. This is what the set was going to look like. And it was all just completely different than what I had in my mind. So it was like a new experience. It's like no reading what. the book before you see the movie, right? Yeah. You know? But it's exactly. almost like, like I was really excited about Infinity War. Like if I drove around mm-hmm. in my car for four months listening to the dialogue, <laughs> the, dialogue and the, of the, the sound of the movie, <laughs> and then I go to see Infinity War, <laughs> it might take some of the some of the luster off of it. Right. But, <laughs> no, but, but then when you then when you, you saw knew the Tom Holland like. doing some like. Sick backflips and stuff. You'd be like, okay, this is why I came in. That's true. Because you can't hear a backflip. Look, I'm I'm on on board with you, Dylan. I think it's you know you're talking to the dude who's like not a musical guy. Yeah, too much singing. Right, right. (laughs) Too much. He goes so 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 on a on a lesser level. So we went to the movie. We have Movie Pass. We love Movie Pass. Um, plug for Movie Pass. Anyway, we go to see a ton of movies. We're like the worst Movie Pass customers (laughs) because. I think that they're probably hoping that you have a movie pass. You maybe forget to go one month or maybe go one time. We go like like eight times a month, you know. Uh, In January, I think we went nine times. Uh, We see a lot of movies. So in January, we went to see a movie, um, but we both went to separate ones. And I went to see The Greatest Showman. Mm -hmm. And Andy's like, yeah, I'm out. I'm out on that. (laughs) So he went to a different movie. The Post. The Post. Oh, Um, phenomenal. Well, I mean, yeah, but like those are just two completely different. I wasn't in the mood for that drama, and he's never in the mood for those songs. But I mean, you gotta always be in the mood for Meryl, though. Like, what about Tom Hanks? What about Hugh Jackman? Hugh Jackman's Australian. I don't know. You gotta, you gotta like support American. The, the thing but apparently, I've heard he's not a very good, good singer. He's a great singer. I don't know. You need to Haven't get with it. the program. Right, he I'm is amazing. Saying. Anyway. Anyway, don't, Andy, take from my, don't take from my Hamilton experience. No, no, no. no, no, no. I'm just saying that Andy is not a musical person. No. Definitely not an opera person. Well, I would love to see Hamilton. Hamilton, to oh, I would love to. If, but they would have, if they would have said, like, right after the show, if you give us $500 right now, you can stay and watch it again, I would have given them $500. What's the, what's the most you would have paid? $500. Would have cleared it out. Would have signed over the rights <laughs> to my firstborn child. 
Okay. Show me this. Show me this Hamilton. That's, yeah. I'd say that's a ringing endorsement. I, I would give Lin Manuel Miranda my firstborn child. I'd love to see it in town, but I'm pretty sure, and may, maybe I'm wrong here, but you have to have season tickets next year. It's gonna be yeah. So it's coming to it's, like yeah. It's in, coming to Louisville in 2019. In the package. Yeah, it's part of like season ticket package. Yeah. People are selling their tickets for like seven, eight hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, that that's within your price range because you just said <laughs> that you would have given away. No, your... that was after the initial oh, okay. emotion of watching it the first Got time. Got it. So now cooler. That He's, he's, a yeah, I've settled in. he's a little removed from that yeah, emotion now. Exactly. But I would absolutely love to see it. $700. I don't know if it's worth it. Super that. jealous of you. Yeah, I might just listen to the soundtrack. So, other than that, like Doubtful. Chicago, so we did a few other things. So, so, so Kate and I are also like big beer fans. So, we saw, so like, we went to some distillers, some breweries that we're fans of. Um, but, a, like, a great treat that we had was going, um, so going to uh, the office, which is at uh, the, Aver, the Aviary. Um, and so that was cool. So one of our friends, luckily, um, her boyfriend. Well, shout out to Quincy. Shout out to shout out to Kelly and Quincy on the podcast uh, yo, yo. For, for getting us in. So um, it's this great place where you have to uh, make reservations in advance. Um, it's almost like a it's like just a badass speakeasy. So we show up at this show up at this restaurant. Um, there's a guy out front that look that stops you before you walk in, and he's like, "Do you have reservations?" And you say like, yes, here's my name. And he like, mics down to somebody's like, go go my party of four down here. And then like five minutes later, somebody opens up the door and they're like, you may enter. (laughs) (laughs) But see, that's just to the front part. And so we go and then like, there's people doing this molecular gastronomy. There's like, there's like, um, like dry ice and all kinds of smoke and crazy stuff like that. It's a whole experience in in and of itself. We didn't get to go to the restaurant, but then we got led down these stairs and like this really unassuming door, uh, like this this girl has a key. She opens it up and she's like, "Enjoy, you're right over here on these couches." Um, and then we're like, "What? What if we need to go to use the bathroom?" And they're like, "You have to take this key out with you, so no so no commoners can get in." You're locked in. You're locked, <laughs> you're locked in. into this yeah. amazing bar. Um, but no, this place is amazing. It literally was just full of um, just just craft like craft cocktails and vintage spirits, which was really great. They've so, got an entire cabinet of vintage chartreuse, which yeah, I know next which to I don't know about. anything about chartreuse, but it's just like, look at all this stuff. Look at this. Monks made this. Yeah, Monks made this. It's $400 for a two-ounce pour. Um, but no, they have a whole cabinet that's filled with, like, decanters and old vintage bourbons that aren't that they don't make anymore, and the, the, the menu that they gave us was just massive. Um, they, had, they had barrel selections just from the aviary. Uh, they had uh, discontinued bourbons, like a ton of different stuff. But basically, like the, like we sat down there, and uh, our dude Alberto uh, was basically like, "Tell me what you like in a cocktail. Like, what do you like?" Um, Kate's a big Jimmy Buffett fan. She basically just said, "Like, I like Jimmy Buffett." And they came, <laughs> and they they made a damn cocktail that... that tasted like a Jimmy Buffett concert. Ma'am, the changes in latitudes, changes in attitudes. <laughs> we made this. We made this. Exactly for you, but it was like this beachy tropical drink that was delicious. Well, that sounds delightful. Um, and that was just based off basically saying like, I like Jimmy Buffett, I like the beach, and they're like, boom. What did you delicious. say? So I started out, and I just wanted to have like just an uh, just a, an old fashioned. I like just getting an old fashioned of pretty much everywhere I go. Um, their old fashioned was made with like muddled strawberries, and it had like this oh. hint of like smokiness to it. Um, and I've never had something that had that like like strawberry sweetness but also um that that smoke was just 
Nice the balance. Tank. It was just, yeah, it was really, really balanced. So, I mean, that was my first drink that I had. And then for the second, I wanted to get a little bit, you know, a little bit different. So I had um, Virgin Bourbon was what it was called. Um, so it was a discontinued um, seven-year-old 101 proof uh, bourbon, which that was actually um, an export from, uh, from uh, export to Japan that they brought back um, just vintage spirit-wise. So Do you know what year it was from? Uh, I think it was from the early 90s. It was Heaven Hill, right? Yep. Yeah. So it looked exactly like a, uh, a product that we sample on our tours that we did with our, our the new wax uh, vintage spirit laws, which was cool. Um, so which was uh, Anderson Club. So uh, it was really great. They, they gave me, they, you know, I was curious about it. So he brought the bottle over, let me keep the bottle while I was sipping on the product. Um, they gave me a cup of ice with these like really awesome like like claw tongs where you like pressed a button and it like opened it up so you can grab a like grab an ice cube. I just just overall just felt like a like a big VIP. The, the aviary is the only place I've ever seen the aviary in the office. Or if you go to their website, you can watch a probably a fifteen minute video about their ice program. <laughs> yeah, it's they make it upstairs. They make it their signature drink at the aviary is. They call it old fashioned in the rock, and it's an old fashioned cocktail inside of an ice cube. And they give you like a slingshot thing, and you pull it back and hit the rubber band, and it breaks it open, and you've got your cocktail. Every cocktail at the aviary is an experience, and at the office as well. When we went to the office a few years ago, we had this very similar experience. I didn't. uh, I I gave a little bit of a different uh, description to them. I was like, well, you know, like herbal stuff, like fruity stuff, whatever. But they come up with some of the best drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the joke's probably on us. They probably have like five drinks. In the <laughs> right. Yeah, but it's just, just whatever. Like, yeah. Whatever you say. Like, it's just for people like, like this. yeah, a few different tastes. No, I mean, it's it's an amazing place. It is. It's awesome. Guys and it. they like, they give you your bill and it's like calligraphy written out. And then you look at the price oh, and you're wow. like, oh shit, that's why you you did nice calligraphy on this. Right. Like, so- it softens the blow. It softens the blow. Yeah, when you have to put your debit card in some parchment paper. You're literally like locked in. You can't leave. You can't wait. Like, you gotta so, pay yeah. this. It's, um, but it is definitely an experience. Oh I, yeah, totally I'd like to, worth it. To go back down to the office. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah, that was an amazing experience. It was, it was cool. Yeah. Anything else in Chicago? Man, you know, it was just the the weather was good. Um, the it was just like perfect springtime weather instead of it being like yeah. ungodly hot like right. it was here uh, in Louisville. So. No, I mean, it was just a, it was just an amazing experience. We went and, and tried out some of our, like I said, our favorite breweries. Like uh, you go down there, you can go to Dry Hop, which makes some really awesome stuff. Um, um, so yeah, we went to Off Color. We had a uh, yeah, Off Color was awesome. They actually had a they had an artist doing uh, like caricatures and just drawing things. Man, um, I just want I want to take a picture of this and like put it on the website. This is this is not I don't know if it was supposed to look like me or what, but it does not. <laughs> oh, did you get one made? Oh yeah, it was just like he was just doing these free drawings and like it was just the the weirdest like just like bubble man you'd ever see like uh, like anybody could That's do it. Well, maybe it's like the office. Maybe he can only draw five people. Here you go, and you just take it. And you go. No, it was, yeah. it was great. But so, no, it was a, it was a good time. So I've got a question for the group. Okay. So last time we we did a podcast two weeks ago, we're going to try to continue this every two week clip. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a discussion about ducks and horses. <laughs> Namely, would you rather fight the old Reddit one horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses? And we had some spirited conversation. 
So I wanted to pose another hypothetical. Spirit, that's spirit again. Sorry. I'm going to actively avoid saying <laughs> spirit again. If you had to choose one for the rest of your life, you have to give up the other two. Ketchup, mayonnaise, and mustard. You can only have one from here on. I think I know what Danielle is going to say. You can only have one? You can only have one. You have to give up two of the three. And before, let's, let's get all the, all the rules out there before you start answering. This will give you some time to think. Uh, we're talking about all forms. So if you give up mayo, we're talking aioli, mm-hmm. uh, most secret sauces you're going to find What's anywhere. It's not an aioli, though. But an aioli is made of... Shack sauce? Well, shack sauce is all three. That's all so three. So you're automatically giving up shack sauce. <laughs> um, mustard, you give up mustard, your you know, Dijon, your honey mustard, stone ground, all that's, all that's gone. Just all the types of mustard. All the types of mustard. <laughs> yeah. All okay. of the mustard. So... Yeah, that's. I don't know who, what, what government body is mandating this, or who's making you give two of these up. They but they know if you have one, then uh, there's consequences. Uh, uh, so I'll start. I've had yeah. some time to think about this. Yeah, tell us, Andy. Um, I'm gonna save mustard. Tell us. Tell us why. Ketchup. I think ketchup's like the the trap choice. If you say you're going to say, keep ketchup over the other two, I automatically assume you're a, you must be a baby or Don't get me wrong. I love ketchup. I'll put ketchup on a fish sandwich. People make fun of me for it. I'll, Delicious. I'll oh, dip, that's, that's, that's not a weird thing. I'll yeah. dip chicken tenders in ketchup along with another dipping sauce. Now chickens shouldn't be dipping But ketchup, ketchup is so much less versatile than mayonnaise or mustard. So that one, I think, is automatically out. Uh, and then you've got to make the choice between mayo and mustard. And I think mustard comes up more often. There are more forms of mustard. Uh, and it, but it, it's tough, but you got to choose one. So I choose uh, I choose mustard. I can't. I don't want to give up honey mustard and Dijon and all of the types of mustard. mustard. If you, I'm I hope you say ketchup. If you say no. ketchup, I'll take back my baby <laughs> comment. No, I'm not a baby. So I choose mayo. Okay. I keep mayo, man. Like, you got me with the aioli thing. Like, I wasn't prepared for you to say, like, you can't have any for any other thing. Like, and then I think about special sauces. Like, do you get any special sauce on a burger? Like, mm, I don't even care what it's made out of. It's always, like, a pinkish orange, and it's always delicious. So we might have to make a slight exception. Let's say if you choose... No, 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 no. Well, we can't just do that. But a special sauce might have ketchup and or mustard in it. So maybe you can have one of the other two as long oh, as yeah. your, your chosen condiment is also part of the mixture. Okay, so you don't lose your shack sauce. Well, I, I think that's... That's a no. Dumb. That's a no. Okay. That's going to be a no. But it's my hypothetical. <laughs> well, okay, so I think we've actually talked about this before. Yeah, um, And... Okay, so I used to be a mayonnaise hater. I'm not so much a hater anymore. It's just like very specific in the type of mayo. I don't, I don't just like mayo. I like like an aioli or like a special sauce sometimes. Um, it's mixed with other stuff. I like ketchup. I don't love ketchup. I've never really loved ketchup. I'm definitely going mustard. This isn't hard for me. Mustard is so good. I eat it on so many things. And also, mustard is a cornerstone of a good charcuterie That's a board. callback. Mm, going right back to that charcuterie. I'm just saying, a good stone ground mustard, Mm. like, people crush it on a charcuterie board. I I don't eat mustard that often. You know, I just love it. Like, I have, when I was a kid, I used to eat mustard sandwiches. Mm. I'm talking Mm. two pieces of white bread with some yellow mustard. 
on it. And it looked like I was just eating bread, but you know what? I was eating mustard God, No one's going to listen to this podcast after this. That's and gross. I used to, I've eaten a ketchup sandwich. Oh! <laughs> What's the matter with you True all? confessions. Tell us something weird you've eaten. Children don't uh, have actually, much put, culinary I expertise. Put, I used to put ketchup on spaghetti all the time. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right. Stop it. Stop it with your little noises. No, your little... just saying this Mustard sandwich is brilliant. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that it was the just right choice. I'm not saying that it's not weird. I'm just saying that. I'll still get that. I, I don't know if it was just that I really wanted one, or maybe we were just like down to the nitty gritty, and we just had some white bread, and I'm like, you know what? Let's throw some mustard on it. But I love mustard. I've always loved it. When, when we were all growing up in the Dust Bowl. Like that's what, <laughs> that's what, that's all Back when all eat. we had was some mustard and white bread. Um, oh, it was it it. Honestly, I'd probably still eat one. <laughs> I'd probably still eat a mustard sandwich. Um, so I'm gonna go with mustard, and I and I feel like I feel like the mustard answer two out of three, and it's a hot take. It's a hot take. Um, I think that most people would say mayo or ketchup, but you know, I, I stand by the mustard. Yeah. I'm surprised by you, Andy, and I'm proud of you. Well, <laughs> Did you think I would choose ketchup? That's why they're. I thought you would choose mayo. Do you guys do you guys put ketchup on your hot dogs? Yes. Absolutely not. Only mustard. I've, I've like moved to being like a relish person on hot dogs. Yeah, like you know strictly what? relish. I kind of like relish too. I really like relish. I used to hate relish. Yeah, I used to. I, I, I used to weird. think that people that I'm ate relish were relish. babies. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not babies. Probably uh, grown ups. Grown ups. Yeah. Grown ups eat relish. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to think that there were a few um, a few signs of being an adult: eating a salad, <laughs> reading a newspaper, Fair. Um, drinking alcohol, of course, mm-hmm. um, and drinking coffee. Yeah. Those, those were big signs of being an adult. You weren't too far off. No. Yeah. But I was like, what Congratulations, you are an adult. Ching. Except for the newspaper thing. Like I mean, newspaper. but you read it on your phone. Now, on your right? phone. Yeah. I mean, I read news. I drink coffee. I drink too much coffee. Yeah. I drink Do you sit and read the news on your phone while drinking a cup of coffee? Absolutely. That's the most adult shit you could do. And it, that's a delight. Other than paying your mortgage. Mm. Which isn't fun. That's not fun. But you know what? Most adult stuff isn't. So. We've been sipping on a couple things. We had the E.H. Taylor. Thoughts on the Taylor? Oh, I love it. It's, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's the standard. It's, yeah. Um, but then Danielle poured Dylan and I the mystery bourbon of the day. So yeah, delicious. It's very good. I can't quite put my finger on what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first tasted it, I, I felt like there was a lot of proof Can I on it. Can I get the bottle? Yeah. I want. Let me get the bottle. But like if Let's if no one know, you know if, if you don't know if you didn't listen to you know the podcast lore which is exactly one episode uh, something that we're also doing is having like a mystery bourbon so not only are we going to be drinking something and letting you know about it one of us or maybe one of these days if we get popular Lin Manuel Miranda will bring whatever bourbon he wants to um, and that'll be the mystery bourbon. And so uh, they'll introduce that and say like, hey, can you guess what this is? This is why I picked it. So Danielle was in charge of that today. So um, what do you guys think? Tell me, tell me about your notes. Tell me about your thoughts, your feelings. I mean, I'm getting like a lot of like herbal notes. Maybe a little like this might be like I feel like this might be high rye. I'm getting a little bit more of a spicy. To yeah, it. I don't. I get a, I get wood. Mm. It would, and I, I think it's higher proof. Mm-hmm. I think it's some, maybe something barrel strength, but honestly, I'm I'm a little bit stumped. Yeah, we're I haven't narrowed down to the the 78 bottles of bourbon I've got <laughs> in the other room, so you it's did, a little yeah. little unfair. You I did know it's it. one of those. Yeah, 
So let's, um, uh, let's, let's reveal. Danielle, what okay, guys, the, the big reveal. Today you guys are sipping on some Waffen's, Waffens Barrel, Barrel Fruit. Waffen's Barrel Fruit. Um, it's really hard for me to choose blind tastings, and I do it every now and then for Andy. Like, every now and then, I'll just on a whim, he's like, do a blind tasting for me. Pour me one. Um, but this one uh, it called to me, the Waffen's Barrel Fruit. No, it's delicious. Yeah. yeah. And... I don't know much about the, the mash bill that the Waffens uses, so it might very well be a high rye. It might. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 116 um, proof. I didn't pick. I don't pick up the rye spice, but that's. I got some spice there, but I got a lot of like, like I said, the herbal notes, but not as much of the like corn sweetness that I usually get. Yeah. Those, like, but uh, no, I mean it does not sip like a 116 proof. No, it's 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 all. good. I mean, I could tell that there was that punch behind it. I figured mm-hmm. it was a barrel proof, but it. Um, it the, the flavor definitely compensates for that alcohol burn. Yeah, this is awesome. So Well done, Danielle. The, Thank you. Our, our buzzes that we've gotten throughout the podcast are brought to you by Colonel E.H. Taylor, <laughs> Small Batch Bourbon, Castle and Key, Gin, and, and Butchertown Soda Tonic. Yep. What was it called, Butchertown it, Soda? Yeah, Butchertown Soda by the Copper King Distillery. Um, drinking some of their tonic in here with my Castle and Key Restoration Release London Dry Gin. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the mystery bourbon Waffen. of the day, the Waffens Barrel Proof. This is the the Binnie's selection. Yeah, which was brought to you. Another by shout out for Quincy. Another shout out for Quincy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Quincy. <laughs> yeah. So now a lot of good stuff we're sipping on here. So guys, so um, I think it's about good. Probably uh, about time to wrap it up. We actually have a we have a soccer game to go to. Yeah, That's Dylan, right. Dylan and I are going to go to the U.S. Open Cup, where mm-hmm. the Louisville City Football Club is facing off against an MLS team. Yes, so the professional ranks. And if they win, they get to join the MLS. <laughs> I don't think that's quite <laughs> no, true. That's not We're true. working towards that in yeah. the U.S. But not they much. should. Yeah, absolutely. They yeah. should. Relegation is like the coolest thing about international soccer. But we digress. All right. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for spending some time with us. And uh, I guess we'll sign off. Cheers. Absolutely. Check us out uh, at SourMashTours.com and also uh, on social media at SourMashTours. And uh, we'll see you next time, guys.